0: And it should work. Man, I just got so excited. You know what I was talking about? Having an exalt service with the beers. They're going to try to pick a perfect Sunday night this fall. And then I was double checking with, with Dale about having our holiday hayride. I think we do it generally the second Sunday night in December. I know that's a long ways away, but I love those gatherings. It's just so good to get together. Oh, you guys, we got the plans back from the architect. So that's really exciting. And I think now they submit it. To the city, and then the city has to give their stamp of approval, and then Tony Giordino has already agreed to help us with and his crew to kind of oversee the project, and um, and then we're going to have a lot of demolition that'll kind of have to happen, Um, and and I'm thinking about just a bunch of you young flat bellies with a Red Bull on a Saturday morning, (laughs) something like that, and I think that that would be a great great time together and oh you guys it just it just excites me so much it'll be great to have a facility where we won't be tempted to hand out a hard hat when people come in you know and (laughs) and also I like the idea that when I get up to preach we don't tell all the children follow the light the rest of you just stay here in the dark you know (laughs) that is not very good uh, at all so be praying that all of this stuff just continues to unfold I love that you're all here in person and online. And in this sermon series, we are identifying areas in which we find ourselves stuck. I told you last week that we aren't called to live a stuck life. We're called to live a free life. And we talked about being stuck in our past. And God, in his word, has given us many directions on how to find freedom out of that. But today we're talking about being stuck in discontentment this is a big one what does the word of god reveal on the path to freedom out of discontentment well a mother and her young son were out one day i smiled you're not going to think you're going to wonder why am i smiling at this story well anyway they were out one day brennan manning told me this uh, this story and the weather suddenly turned bad The mother and son walking together and the weather turned dangerous a tornado funnel formed overhead and came right toward them, and they quickly took shelter in the base of a tree, and they were holding on tightly to the trunk, and although the mother was able to keep her grip, her son wasn't, and he was torn away by the spiraling wind, and it carried him off into the sky. Well, you can imagine, the boy's mother was just beside herself, and she began to pray, Oh, please, God, please bring my son back to me. He's my whole life. If you return him to me, I promise to serve you all of my days. And in answer to her prayer, the tornado turned back, and it gently began to lose its force. And then it very gingerly put her son on the ground right next to him. And she was overjoyed. He was a bit dishuffled and and otherwise unhurt. And his mother just couldn't stop kissing and hugging him. And then after a little bit, she brushed him off and stood him back and just looked him over. And then she stopped and she looked up to the heavens and she said, Lord, he had a hat. (laughs) Have you ever been stuck in discontentment? Focus more on, on what you don't have. This reveals a part of the problem. I'm not sure I really understood the meaning of contentment. One man said he looked up contentment on the Internet and an ad popped up that said, looking for contentment, find exactly what you want today, (laughs) ebay.com. But is that where contentment is found? Will eBay get me unstuck from a life of discontentment? Someone said, contentment has been praised more and practiced less than any other condition in life. Another person said, all the world lives in two tents, content and discontent. If someone asked you, which of those tents would you say you're stuck in, what would be your answer? Webster defines content as having the desires limited to that which one has. And I don't usually take Webster to task, but I'm not so sure this is the heart of contentment. Does it really have anything to do with physical possessions, desiring just what I have? Does God's written word weigh in on this subject of contentment? Well, as a matter of fact, it does. Glad you asked. There are many references to contentment and how to become unstuck from discontentment, but my favorite one is in a letter written to the church plant in Philippi. Let me set this up just a little bit. When the writer of this letter wrote it, he was in prison in Rome. He was awaiting trial before a ruthless Caesar. But what led up to this moment in his life is really difficult to imagine. Let me go through the list. This man had endured many imprisonments. He had been whipped so many times he couldn't remember how many times. He had faced death multiple times. Five times the Jewish leaders had given him the 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned, shipwrecked three times, spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea, traveled many long journeys back in a day when travel was dangerous all the time, faced dangers from rivers and from robbers and from deserts, had been hunted down by both Jews and Gentiles, endured many sleepless nights, went long periods of time without food and water, was left exposed in the cold night without enough clothing. You're getting the picture. This isn't a young man living a protected, privileged life. No, no, this is a 60-plus-year-old chained to a Roman guard 24-7, not knowing if tomorrow he'll be killed, brought to trial, or set free. And after enduring all of this, that we know he went through, and you know there was more. After going through all of this, this is what he wrote. Look at the screens. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Are you catching this? Being content is not found in physical needs being met. Being discontent is not found in physical needs being unmet. Contentment has nothing to do with physical needs being met or unmet. Do you see why I take Webster to task just a little bit on this? Could this be the reason for the confusion on this concept? Is contentment elusive and largely unknown and unfound in our world and culture because it's falsely associated with physical needs being met or unmet? The Word of God explains here that being stuck in discontentment is when contentment is understood as something that's needs-based. But as we just read, contentment has nothing to do with physical needs. The secret to contentment, the secret to becoming unstuck from discontentment is in the next statement of the letter. So let's go back to those verses. Let me read them again, but let me tag on the answer, the secret. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I don't know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this. Through Christ that's the hymn who gives me strength being content has nothing to do with physical needs being met or unmet being content has everything to do with Jesus he's the only need and being with him is the only need that must be met so you want to be unstuck from living a life full of discontentment <laughs> then start living with Jesus. Look at this from the paraphrase message. I don't have a sense of need of needing anything. Personally, I've I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I, i found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. It has nothing to do with where we're going or even the road we're on to get where we're going. It has always been and will always be about who we're traveling with. The goodness of God has never been measured by the roads that we travel in this life. The goodness is found in his refusal to leave us on whatever road we're on. Some people say, if I just had a better life, if I just had a better road to travel in this life, well, things would be different, but you'll... What if you had a posh life with everything you ever dreamed of and more, but you weren't traveling with Jesus, so that meant you had no inner peace? What is a life surrounded in luxury with no inner peace? Well, we have one testimony after another in our world of what that looks like. It's misery. But you flip that coin, and you put somebody in abject poverty that has nothing physically, but they're going through it with Jesus, so they have the inner... They're, they're fine. Maybe you've heard the story about the woman who told her friend whose child was very ill, perhaps the Lord will be good and he will heal your son. To which the woman replied, God will be good whether he heals my son or not. That doesn't change his goodness. That woman knew where contentment is found it's found in traveling with jesus it's found in knowing we can make it through anything as long as we're with jesus it was one of my favorite hymns as a little kid look at this first stanza on the screens anywhere with jesus i can safely go anywhere he leads me in this world below anywhere without him dearest joys would lose their luster they would fade anywhere with jesus i'm not afraid anywhere with jesus i'm not alone other friends may fail me he's still my own Though his hand may lead me over drearest ways, anywhere with Jesus, I can still make it a house of praise. Right before this last stanza, it reminds me, my mom and dad, Dad, I had a chance to be with mom and dad, they just celebrated 62 years of marriage. Can you believe that? 62! And they're young bucks. I mean, they look great. They're moving around. I do know. I got to spend a little bit of time with him this weekend, and it was just so much fun. And dad said that he was Googling up all the places he lived to see what the worth was now of those homes. <laughs> and he found this one place, 1127 Cherry Drive. I remember it well. We, we All four of us kids were born there, and it had three bedrooms upstairs, and then it had a full basement downstairs. And the full basement didn't have any walls. It was just... It was just open area. Well, when my little brother was born, I had two younger sisters, and then when my little brother was born, they thought, well, we'll put the two girls in one of the bedrooms and then we'll have the baby Jay in the other one. That was before we moved out to the farm. Well, I almost said that was before dad bought the farm, but it doesn't make much (laughs) sense. So my grandpa, my mom's dad, came and put me a bedroom downstairs in the basement. It was this big, huge basement, and right in the middle was this furnace where you could see the blue flame all the time. I'm a little kid, I had an obsession with house fires. I just knew, I knew our house was gonna burn down. And they put this little beautiful bedroom and they had bump beds in it. Since it was in the basement, the very top of the wall was the window that went straight into the backyard. I, every night, unhooked that window and many times had practiced going in and out. My mom and dad are now finding this out, watching this service online for the first time. <laughs> I went in and out regularly just to know that if that house burns down, I'm out of here. I'm, I, I, can, I can do it. And then I started listening to what I was singing as a little kid. This last stanza, I can remember this as a little boy. Anywhere with Jesus, I can go to sleep. When the darkening shadows round about me creep, knowing I shall waken evermore to roam. Anywhere with Jesus be a home sweet home. Isn't it weird how truth like, you know what that is? You, that's contentment. That's not, I, I, it's okay. Even if my house burns down, I i got to get out the window, but I'm, I'll am be okay. <laughs> I must read you this letter from a Vietnamese pastor's wife. You're not going to believe this. She wrote this letter. The police closed at the church in the Vietnam and Vietnam where they're and her her husband, the pastor, was thrown in prison, and the and the police forced the pastor's wife and her children out of their home. And they had no place to live, but outside an apartment complex. So she wrote this: "My dear friends, you know all around here we are experiencing hardships, but we thank the Lord; He is comforting us and caring for us in every way. When, when we experience misfortune, adversity, distress, and hardship, only then." Do we see the real blessing of the Lord poured down on us in such a way that we cannot contain it? We've been obliged uh, recently to leave our apartment for over two months and have been living on a balcony. The rain has been beating down and soaking us, sometimes in the middle of the night. We're forced to gather our blankets and run to seek refuge in the stairwell. It's then that I laugh and I praise the Lord because we can still take shelter in the stairwell. I think of how many people are experiencing much worse hardships than I am. Then I remember the words of the Lord. To the poor, O Lord, you are a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, and I'm gently comforted. Our Father is the one who, according to the scriptures, does not break the bruised reed nor put out the flickering lamp. He is the one who looks after the orphan and the widow. He's the one who brings blessings and peace to numberless people. I don't know what words to use in order to describe the love that the Lord has shown our family. I can only bow my knee and my heart and offer to the Lord words of deepest thanks and praise. Although we have lost our house and our possessions, we have not lost the Lord, and He's enough. With the Lord, I have everything. The only thing I could ever fear losing is His blessing. Could I ask you and our friends in the churches abroad to continue to pray for me that I will faithfully follow the Lord and serve Him regardless of what the circumstances may be. As far as my husband is concerned, I was able to visit him this past summer. We had twenty minute, a 20-minute conversation that brought us great joy. I greet you with my love, Mrs. Nugentai Ann. I, I think she found the secret to contentment, and you know what? I don't think she risks falling in into discontentment and being stuck. There's another person that's very much like her. A group of geography students studied the seven wonders of the world. And at the end of the lecture, the students were asked to list what they considered to be the present day, seven wonders of the world. And although some were in disagreement, the following received the most votes. Pyramids of Egypt, Taj Mahal, Grand Canyon, Panama Canal, Empire State Building, St. Peter's Basilica, and the Great Wall of China. Well, while gathering the votes, the teacher noticed one student, a quiet girl, had not turned her piece of paper in yet. So the teacher asked if she was having trouble with her list. And the girl replied, yeah, a little. I I just can't make up my mind because there are so many possibilities. So the teacher said, well, tell us what you have, and maybe we can help. And the quiet girl hesitated. And then she read from what she had written on her paper i think the seven wonders of the world are to touch to see to hear to taste and she hesitated a little bit and continued to hope to laugh and to love the class was so quiet it was deafening Isn't it hard to compare the wonders of man with with the wonders of God? You guys, the wonders of God will easily dispel any discontentment we may have. Look how one person put it. Contentment is not asking God to rescue us from our circumstances, but asking him to empower us to find Christ adequate through our circumstances. You know what? I think I'd like to tweak that quote just a little bit. I wanted to say this. Contentment is not asking God to rescue us from our circumstances, but asking Him to empower us to find Christ. Not necessarily to find Him adequate. He's adequate. But maybe it's just to find Christ through our circumstances. Is there any contentment outside of Christ? Isn't being lost in His mystery and being found in his love isn't being with him more than we possibly could ever ask for. Father, we are covered up in falsehoods about contentment. And all of us have given into it. We try to find it through one physical matter after another. And soon after, do we gain that? Do we realize, well, you know, that doesn't really have any lasting content and it's not till we're reminded again and again that it has nothing to do with physical possessions or experiences it always has been and always will be found only in you we sing this song because it puts that truth back into our hearts hear our hearts father as we sing in jesus name amen let's stand as we sing this